0: be seated. Well, praise the Lord. I must say I'm glad to be here. How about you? You know, before we say anything today, I just want to say out loud that the Lord Jesus is responsible for bringing us here. And God deserves all the glory. And I just want to say thank you to him. I want to say thank you to all of you that in any way volunteered, About about a year ago, we had guys in here with hammers and sledgehammers and jackhammers, and we were just getting rid of the old uh, Gander Mountain. Actually, I think I'm standing in the place where the uh, counter was, where they were selling guns (laughs) a number of years ago. So uh, I've got some spiritual bullets to shoot at you today. But uh, I'm grateful for everyone that helped, served in any fashion. And I also want to say thank you to you that gave. Many gave not only a little bit, but many gave sacrificially, and uh, we do it all for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to begin today and dedicate my message to this question, why? Why are we here? And I suggest a very simple yet profound answer. It is because Jesus Christ and His church are the only hope for the world. Let me say it again. Jesus Christ... And his church are the only hope for our nation and the nations of the world. We as his church, certainly not on the level with him, we are his servants, we are his children, we partner with him, we carry out his mission and his vision on the earth. And I'm going to share with you this morning what I believe to be uh, answers this why question, the four things that we bring to the world. And the first thing I'll share with you this morning is we bring truth to a world that is deeply confused. It seems as if our nation is just spinning out of control. It seems as if we have lost our moral compass in America. Uh, we as the church bring the truth that Jesus gave to us through the Word of God through a world that's searching for answers. The second thing we bring, there's two words that we'll look at. They have to do with a brand new beginning in freedom, but it's the word forgiveness and transformation. We'll talk about that. The third thing that I guarantee you every person in this room can relate to is it's the words peace hope and strength when we face a crisis I mean no there's a lot of people that you meet in the world they're strong they work out at the gym maybe they got muscles they can run a marathon they're making plenty of money whenever they want a new vehicle they just drive at their own top of the world but friend you let life hit them come on now you let a cancer diagnosis hit them you let a tragedy happen in their family and they're crying out for God the church offers hope and strength in these times And most importantly, what the church offers is the church offers the way of eternal life, come on, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, let's begin today. If you've got your Bibles, the message is entitled, uh, The Only Hope for America and the World. Uh, If you've got your Bibles, 2 Timothy chapter 3, let's talk first about truth. We as the church bring truth to a world that's confused. Now, the word truth is an interesting word. Uh, I went back to my uh, favorite dictionary. It's Webster's Dictionary. You know Webster's first dictionary was published in 1828? And if you read it, it reads like a Bible because many of the words are, were, were given definition through Bible verses, through, uh, 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 through, through Bible illustrations. Uh, you know, today uh, it's popular in the young world as Wikipedia, but how many know they can change Wikipedia's definition in the middle of an argument? An argument in America, and they'll change. So so truth is fluid in America today as opposed to truth being stable and solid. But here's what Webster said. Webster said truth is the correct opinion as opposed to an incorrect opinion. Truth is the difference between right and wrong. Those lines have been erased in modern America. And I found this particularly interesting. Truth is fact and reality. Reality is not fluid, it's not changing, but it is, it is fixed firmly. And uh, uh, the source of truth is God and His Word, the Holy Bible. How many believe that? The source of truth. 2 Timothy 3.16 says all Scripture is inspired by God. God inspired men to write the Bible. Now listen to this. Uh, the Bible is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong. Teach us what's true, make us realize what's wrong. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And for the person that desires to please God, the person that desires to honor God, our creator and our sustainer, obviously we want to know what he thinks, and that's why God's given us the Bible. Jesus said these words in John 17. Jesus said, your word, the scripture, is truth. Now, secular America is confused about truth, what's right and wrong. Secular America is in rebellion against God. Uh, It's a tragic thing. Either people don't know what's right and wrong or people don't care and they're often hostile Uh, It's evidenced by what we see in our culture, the things that people are talking about, about morality today. And I want to talk to you about God's truth for just a second, about a couple things that might make you a little bit uncomfortable. But I want to encourage you, if you're skeptical, at least pause with me just a moment and ask yourself the question, is it possible the Bible is true? You see... Is it possible? You could go back, whether through history, through archaeology, through the testimony of billions of lives that have been transformed by its words, by its coherent message over literally thousands of years in its writing, by prophecies that were fulfilled. Uh, So much proof exists in apologetics for the Bible. But I would encourage you today to think with me just a moment that that if culture embraced the Word of God, gender-confused people could be helped. They could be helped if they knew Genesis 1.27 that says God created human beings in His image. And then the Bible says male and female, God created them. Listen, my heart goes out for people that are confused about their gender. But rather than trying to experiment and try to find out on our own how much easier it would be if we just went to God. Come on, are you with me today? and see and understand how God has biologically created me and accept what God has done in my lives. If we did this, there'd be no question about boys and girls' locker rooms. If we did this, there'd be no debate in America today about a gender transition. How about this one? If we embrace the truth of God's Word, there would not be over 680,000 abortions in America each year. Gratefully, that number has been going down the last few years. But if we only understood Psalm 139, and think with me just a minute, not from news snippets or news bites or maybe what you learned in a class, but think that the Bible is true, and the Scripture says this, that God created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I want you to think of the personal pronouns, me and my. I'm more than just a product of conception or a grouping of cells. God created me, and the Scripture goes on to say, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in a book before one came to be. Human life is sacred. Whether it's an unborn child that's in the womb, uh, 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 and I was so thrilled today when uh, I saw these ladies coming up and hugging elder during worship, and I said, well, who were they? She said, well, they're the new moms at Grace House. They're moms that have decided they're going to keep their kids, and the church is helping them to be able to get off the street and be able to raise their children to know God. Yeah. Um, uh, if we believe the Bible was true, we would embrace still the Ten Commandments And number six is, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not take an an innocent life. Uh, Right now, our culture is talking about gun control. Uh, They're talking about the rampant murders on the streets. Some of our major cities, it's nothing for 30, 40, 50 people to be shot in a weekend. We even had recently a drive-by shooting in Texarkana, people appearing on our pages. And the response of culture is, well, just take the guns away from people. Well, friends, we don't go deep enough because murder is in the heart. If we went to the Bible, Jesus said, murder comes from the heart of man. And if we as a culture would once again be teaching our young people, teaching our children uh, the second great commandment, to love your neighbors yourself. If we teach our, our culture once again that there's accountability for your life and you'll have to answer for your sins one day, it would change the violence in America. Uh, uh, how many know the Supreme Court would not have legalized same-sex marriage years ago if we accepted God's definition of marriage? Therefore, a man, biological man, shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and they'll become one flesh. The male gender, the female gender. Our national debt would not be skyrocketing if we recognize Proverbs 22, the borrower is the slave of the lender. Our Senate yesterday, I guess, passed a $1.8 or $9 trillion bill of money we don't have. We're borrowing from someone. Our money is becoming worthless. And the Bible teaches there's a day of reckoning for irresponsibility. So when I say all these things, I just suggest to you, I believe the Bible is what it says it is. It is the Word of God, and it is truth for today. The question is, what will you believe? These cultural items are charged with emotion, but I suggest to you there's no more loving thing we can do than to tell people the truth. And not to speak to people in a condescending way, not to speak in a self-righteous way, not to act as if we're better than someone. I mean, no, we're just a sinner that's saved by the grace of God. But there's no more loving thing I can do than tell the people that are the truth. And let me say this in case there's any question. I love you. Whether you are tall or short, black or white, whether you're gay or straight, whatever your orientation is, whether you're confused or not confused, whatever's going on in your world, I love you and I I ascribe value to you because you're a human being created in the image of God Almighty. And as a Christian, we should be able to find that way to exemplify speaking truth but doing as the Bible says, speaking the truth in love. Come on, give the Lord a a good hand today. You see, if you, in the long run, decisions that reject God's word will not bring lasting happiness and freedom. Jesus said you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It is both the responsibility and the privilege of the church and every Christian to be a beacon of truth in America. Praise the Lord. Somebody give the Lord good praise today. Let me give you the second thing, and and this is not as controversial. But you know what? I don't mind controversy. Because truth sets people free. My goal is not just to be liked by people, though I very much want people to like me. But I would rather you love me for all eternity than rather I lie to you, come on, on earth, and say things are wrong that are right and things that are right that are wrong. Come on now. It's either the Word of God or it's not. I'm preaching better than some of you are amening out there. I think some of you thought you were coming to get some fishing lures for uh, over here at the Ex-Gander Mountain. Um, (laughs) Let's go on. This next one will really resonate with your heart. Jesus and his church offer true freedom and a new beginning. I want to talk about forgiveness and transformation. Forgiveness of sin is the path to true freedom. You know, you and I share in common a lot of things today. One thing we share in common is we ate more potato chips during COVID than we normally do. More potato chips and cookies, you know. <laughs> yeah, you just tend to do that. But we also share something else in common. All of us have done wrong. When I look at my life, I think back. The things, the greatest regrets in my life happened when I was 17, 18, and 19. I was worldly. I had freedom, and I had money in my pocket. And I did some things that I'm ashamed of, even to this day. Things that I would carry guilt over. And I want to tell you today, the things that used to call me shame and guilt have been lifted from me because of the freedom that comes in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, uh, read you a historical account of a woman. She came to Jesus. The Pharisees opened his home to Jesus to have dinner, and the custom of their day is you could show up for dinner. Uh, and that's a pretty cool custom. Uh, my mom used to cook pot roast every Sunday. We'd go to church when they had preaching, and, and then we'd go home and eat pot roast and potatoes and carrots and all. Anybody cooking a pot roast today? You are. Can you give me your address, please, after church? Because, because this was a great custom they had. They would just show up at somebody's house when there was dinner. I, li- I like that. Well, notice verse 37, and here's where it, it touches our hearts. There was a certain immoral woman. You know, it's interesting how sex in America is portrayed as the coolest, greatest thing, and everybody that's experienced it can say, it is pretty cool or pretty great. You got quiet. You could say Amen. <laughs> But God put boundaries around it to make it better. God put boundaries around it so you wouldn't have to worry about getting a sexually transmitted disease or, 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 or not being able to have pregnancy, get pregnant later because of, again, something that happened to you or wouldn't have to face the, the, an abortion when you're 17. He put boundaries not to hurt us but boundaries to keep us safe. Well, here this woman, she's, she's obviously gone beyond the boundaries. She brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Now, another account of this scripture says this perfume cost her a year's wages. I want you to think a moment about how much money you make, whether it's $20,000 a year or $200,000 or $2 million. I want you to think of putting all that money in a jar of perfume and pouring it out. Verse 38, she knelt behind Jesus at his feet. You see, when they ate, their custom was, is they would lay on a couch, not sit in a chair. And if if the person had money, their servant would come and wash their feet. Well, she comes up, but her tears fell on his feet. She wiped them off with her hair. And she kissed his feet and put perfume on them. Have you ever felt that kind of gratitude to God? She did. She experienced, uh, Jesus said, uh, your sins are many, but they've been forgiven. And forgiveness means washed away. We may remember, but it's like the old eraser boards. My computer today, if I erase something, I can go in the trash and dig it out. But when you had an old chalkboard, when you erased it, it was gone forever. And can I tell you, friends, that's what God wants to do with your sins and mine. And that's why Jesus died on the cross for us. You see, why such display of affection? It's because she experienced the freedom that only Jesus can give. And I want to tell you today, friends, that same freedom is available to us today. Now, let me take a little uh, uh, tangent, if I can. John chapter 12, verse 3, identifies this woman as Mary. There's a lot of Marys in the Bible, but the New American Commentary on Luke suggests the woman was Mary Magdalene. Now, we can't say that for certain, but let's imagine just a moment that it, it is Mary Magdalene. And let's think about the second word, transformation. Because Jesus doesn't just wipe your sins away. He turns you into something beautiful, and he gives you a brand new start and a brand new change, and he makes you into the person he created you to be. Now, uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 1, Jesus is traveling, proclaiming the good news, which is what I'm telling you today, the truth of the word of God. The 12 disciples were with him, and also some women, Mary, called Magdalene. Now, that's because she was from a town called Magdala. And that was an identification uh, mark for her. But notice what it says. From whom seven demons had come out. How many believe demons are still real today? Now, the person behind you might have a demon. Don't look now. Don't look. But, but, but they, they could have a demon. This woman had seven of them and they tormented her. You say, well, wonder what that demon did to her. Well, perhaps that demon was involved in leading her into that life of immorality. Uh, The perversions, I I fully believe that some of the violence we see in America today has demonic activity behind it. I fully believe that the spirits behind the abortion industry are demonic. They started out under Herod, uh, not Herod, but under Moses. Remember when Pharaoh wanted to kill all the children to kill Moses? You remember that was demonically inspired. Herod did the same thing to kill Jesus. It's a demonic spirit that's behind these things in life. But uh, uh, this demon, uh, uh, let's keep reading. The demons come out of her. Uh, But Luke 24, it's resurrection morning. And here's where I want you to see the transformation happens. It's Sunday morning, and the women went to the tomb. Those men were still scared to death from yesterday and hadn't come out of hiding. But women went to the tomb, and they found the stone was rolled away. They rushed back from the tomb to tell his disciples, and it was, say it out loud with me, Mary Magdalene and several other women. So what am I saying to you today the demon tormented prostitute became the preacher about the resurrection and proclaimed Christ to the early Apostles now how many know if Jesus can turn a demon tormented prostitute into a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ Jesus can change everyone in this room and give us what we could never give to ourselves a brand new life a brand new beginning you say, well, preacher, that sounds good, but you're up there. You're supposed to say nice things like that. Thank you. I am. But I, I want to read you a testimony of something that a member of our church texted to Linnell and I this week. You know, it's a little, uh, my daughter Rebecca who's with me on the front row there. Can, can I embarrass She Would you stand around? Yes. Make her stand up. Mom, make her stand. Just turn around. The prettiest thing in Texas and Arkansas, the Arklatex. Uh, she goes to school at UCA, but she told me this week. She said, "Dad, I'm kind of sad. You know, I, I'm I, I'm a little uh, uh, what was the word? She said I'm, I have some mixed emotions about leaving because my whole life was spent in our church on Mall Drive. If you went up that little hallway going upstairs when we built Kids Zone, there's a picture of Rebecca and I just kind of standing there. She's probably six, but uh, whether it was the Kids Zone or whether it was the Powerhouse, her life was deeply impacted, and she's a godly woman today. And I'm very very proud of you, very proud of you. Um, but anyway, Linnell and I got a text this week from one of our church members from Hope. Uh, you saw her, and it just came just a text of the two of us. And I asked her for, for, for I asked her for permission to share it. She was she was leading worship right over to my left, but uh, imagine. If this text came to you this week, and, and, and you can just enter into the feeling of it, because when hope, hope, won't you go ahead and stand again? I'm just into embarrassing people today. Stand with your husband today. Stand with that handsome guy you're with there. We, we love Blake. And you might have looked at her when she was on stage, and you might have thought, man, she sure still looks happy. She can sing, and, and, and put a picture of her family up there. She's got a beautiful family. She's got three great, great kids, and she has a great life. Where's her family? Uh, she has a great life, a great life. Oh, a great life. And, 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 and it's, it's always been like that, right? No. When she came a few years ago, she came. She was a, a, a mother of a young child, and her husband had kicked her out. She didn't have any money. He lived in another part of the country, and uh, she just came here pretty much just destitute. And, and uh, sh- her parents were here, and, and somehow she just wandered into our college-age ministry. But listen to what she wrote this week. And this is not just about me. This is about us and what church is about. She said, I've been thinking back about all the life changes that happened inside the four walls of Church on the Rock at Mall Drive. Every friendship I have was built there. My marriage was birthed there. My children have bloomed there. My son found a safe place there. They even go to school there and they love it. My worship leading was pruned there. My shattered heart was put back together there. Chains were broken off of me at the altar. My family was drawn closer together. My dreams were supported there and in hard times I was counseled there. My purpose and passion were found on that stage. Jesus Became real to me there. Now, come on. That's transformation. And that's what Jesus and his church are able to do for people all around Texarkana, USA. Because I tell you, friend, if that kind of thing was happening around Texarkana, USA, you wouldn't be seeing people in orange jumpsuits on the front of the paper. Come on. Because they'd arrested, because they'd murdered, because they'd done violence to a child, it would make a big, big difference. Let me give you the third one. Jesus and his church offer hope, peace, and strength. Now, for any reason you've turned me off, I want you to turn me back on because I know this. You experience pain in life like every person in this room. Jesus can help. Uh, Lazarus died is the context here. Lazarus was one of Jesus' friends. John 11:32. 32. Mary fell at the feet of Jesus and said, Lord, if you've been here, my brother would not have died. How many have had something bad happen? You've lost children. And you go to praying, and you can't help yourself but asking God why. Went through a divorce. Child went crazy on drugs. Child was killed. I mean, horrible things happen in the world. Friend, I want to tell you from a biblical point of view, Why that happened. First of all, in the Garden of Eden, there was none of that. In heaven, there will be none of that. But when Adam and Eve sinned against God, here's what they did. They invited Satan, the rebellious devil himself, to come into the human race. And Satan came in. Jesus told us he's like a thief. And he comes to steal, steal, kill, and to destroy. And that's what what he did. And the cause of our pain, the cause of our suffering... The cause of our heartache can be set sent to look back to the Garden of Eden and what Adam did. And it affects all of us. You see, because all of us have sinned, all of us share Adam's nature. Here, Let's look at the next verse. My brother would not have died. Jesus saw her weeping, and he was not aloof. He was not uncaring, but he was deeply moved in his spirit. Have you ever wondered why the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter? What's, what's the, who's the comforter come to? Those that need comfort. He was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled, and, and Jesus said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible, he cried. Now, there's a number of reasons why he could have, but one clearly, the Bible teaches us in no uncertain terms that Jesus hurts when we hurt. He said, how else do you know that? I think of Stephen, the deacon, when he was stoned. The Bible says Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. But when Stephen was being stoned for being a preacher of the gospel, Jesus was standing at the right hand of God. Jesus cares about our pain. And it's through the Holy Spirit and through the body of Christ, the church, that he brings us peace, that he brings us strength, that he brings us hope in our sufferings. Uh, Adam and Eve's sin brought the pain. But through Jesus and his church, we can find an ability to fight the pain. You say, well, I don't know. It hadn't happened to me. Well, let me tell you someone else it happened too. Her name's Heather Barnett. She and her husband, Jay, uh, I'll show you her video in just a second. But Heather was pregnant several years ago, and like every mom, is oh, uh, thrilled about having a baby. She was happy to have the baby. But like every mom's greatest fear, is there's something wrong with the baby? my little Bethany I embarrassed her last night just in case you're wondering but she was here and I made her show off her little baby bump Uh, uh, Bethany is is pregnant and uh, baby's gonna be born in July but just got back and I guarantee you when she's on that little table there she's wondering if everything is okay and all the ladies said yeah "Yeah." well Linnell and I had that experience a number of years ago before Rebecca was born Uh, Linnell was pregnant I went with her to the doctor we thought it was a normal visit laying on the table with a little ultrasound thing and, 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 and she said just a second and went back and restarted the machine and after the second and third time she said could you wait just a minute I, I, I need the doctor to speak to you. Well our heart sank and we went in his office and I know he'd done it hundreds of times but for us it was the first. And We began to weep and we went home and for three days we just sat in our bed and wouldn't answer the telephone we just wept, but can I tell you, we didn't stay weeping. We didn't get angry at God. We found some re- sense of reconciliation. Anyway, I want you to hear. Uh, I want you to hear uh, her story too. Take a peek, Heather Barnett.
1: My name is Heather Barnett, and my husband Jay and I have gone to church on the Rock over ten years. Uh, we have four kids that are in all the programs here. And we have so many amazing testimonies over the years that I could share. Um, One in particular is when we found out our son Noah was going to be a stillbirth. Uh, It was a shock, it was devastating to say the least, but our church family didn't hesitate to rush by our sides. Uh, People showed up at the hospital, people prayed over us. We received texts and calls for weeks and even now, people check on us. People shut it with food to feed our family. And to know that you can walk through the darkest moments and you're not going to be alone. That's what the true love of Jesus looks like. And we are so grateful for our church family and for God's grace.
0: Praise the Lord. Well, I want to tell you, friends, it's real. Suffering is real. Satan is the one behind it, but it's still real. Jim Ware and his daughter's here today, Dorothy. Is Dorothy still in the hospital? She's still in the hospital. Godly woman, fine woman. But she's struggling right now. Well, guess what? We struggle because of what Satan did, but I got some good news for you. The Bible says in the book of Romans, one day the God of peace is going to crush Satan under your feet. I've got good news for you. In one verse in the Bible, the devil and Satan is thrown into the lake of fire, and he's over, buddy. The book of Revelation tells us that one day God's dwelling is going to be with us. And one day there's going to be no more dying. Put the scripture on the screen. There's going to be no more dying. There's going to be no more crying, no more suffering, no more pain. All these things are going to be passed away. I'm telling you, friends, earth is not our home. While we're here, we've got junk to go through. And listen, you can try to find other ways to deal with your pain, but let me tell you, they're not going to work for you. You can start out with a six-pack, but it will not finish it. You can go to 2, it will not take care of it. You can go to 3, you can go to 4 until you pass out. You may forget your pain for a little while, but you're going to wake up in the morning with a headache. Come on now, you're going to wake up vomiting, but you're going to do it again because you don't know what else to do. Or you are going to go on this uh, 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 immoral binge and try to find somebody to fill the pain in your life or drugs or, or whatever it is or give yourself into work? I want to tell you, friends, there's something that is better than all that stuff that the world offers. Come on now. It is the comforting power of the Holy Spirit, and it is the love that God's people bring to a hurting world. Come on, give the Lord a good hand today. He is worthy of our praise. I'm going to finish up here, and i want to offer uh, this last reason to answer this why question. But it is without a doubt the most important when it comes to eternity, because only Jesus Christ and his church offer salvation and the promise of eternal life. Uh, John 14, Jesus said these interesting words. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Now, I want you to look at somebody near you and just say that to them. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. You better get used to the people in this room because you're going to be spending eternity with them. I mean, it'd be just like God to put you in a house right next door to them. So, I mean, it just is, it's just better to go ahead and just, you know, kind of get acquainted with people now. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. Now listen to what he says. Now he's talking about the future. In my Father's house are many rooms. The King James Bible says many mansions. If that were not so, I would have told you. Now listen, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you in a real place called heaven. Uh, You'll have your own private turkey hunting reserve. (laughs) Uh, A a place to hunt ducks with no limit and an endless supply. No, he didn't say that. I don't think. Maybe one of the newer translations says it, brother. If you can find that translation, Brother Scarborough, that would encourage me deeply. Now, Jesus said, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to take you to be with me. And then Jesus said this. Now, I want you to tune back, tune in with me now. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. In the English language, the three definite articles weigh the truth and the life. No man, and the Bible, the the world would say, that's a bigoted statement, preacher. I would say, you don't understand the truth. World religions offer many paths to God. Some would offer the path of reincarnation. Some would say, do the right works or do good works. Be a good person obey the rules some rules very rigorous uh, some would even say you can have an out-of-body experience but Jesus said that he was the only way to heaven the only way of salvation the only way to have relationship with God and my question is a simple one I'll answer from the Bible why why well first of all everybody understands this we have a sin problem how many know we all have a, it separates us from God And it brings judgment. I don't care where you live in this world. I don't care how much money you have. Um, I've had this week the joy of having my uh, grandchildren with me. They're one and they're three. And the three-year-old has been telling his mother, he says, Mama, I like to do bad things. It makes me happy. He doesn't have a gun going down the street blowing people away, but there's just little things that he likes to do. He likes, he, 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 uh, I got up the other morning at, uh, at 6.30, and he was already awake walking around the house, and when he saw me, he hid from me. So I know he was up to no good. So everybody knows we have a sin problem. But listen, what we don't know is sin will bring judgment. Now hear me now. One day we'll stand before God and give an account for our life. Heaven and hell are real. Romans 3 says all of us have sinned. Romans 6.23 says the wages or the outcome of sin is death. It is physical death. It is spiritual death. Now, this is the most uh, profound statement of the morning. Only Jesus dealt with sin in a way acceptable to God. Religion is man's best attempt to get to God. But God came down to us to provide a way to restore us in the person of Jesus Christ first Timothy 2 verse 5 says there is one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity the man Christ Jesus perhaps you signed a legal contract and, and you said before I sue I'll talk to a mediator and a mediator would be between two separated parties and that mediator would try to bring the parties together the only problem is you can't talk your way into relationship with God The only problem is the reason Solomon made that great sacrifice of of 120,000 sheep, the reason every year the high priest would offer blood on the mercy seat of the altar is there needs to be forgiveness. There needs to be a life paid for the life. And that's what Jesus came to do down the cross to give his life so we wouldn't have to suffer in eternity. Jesus was the only one that dealt with sin in a way acceptable to God. Verse 6, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. And here's what I tell you today. There are not many ways to heaven, and all religions aren't the same. All religious leaders have died. All religious leaders have been buried. But only Jesus Christ, come on now, only Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And only Jesus Christ is alive today. And only Jesus Christ offers (laughs) eternal salvation to everyone who believes. You may be here today, and if I asked you this question, are you 100% sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven? You may not be able to unequivocally answer yes. I want to tell you some good news, friends. We can make that happen today. We can help you, point you to Jesus Christ. In just a few minutes, Pastor Mike will be here, and he'll offer a prayer for anyone that would like to commit their life to Christ. And I give you a moment to think about it. Well, listen, I'm about done. I'm going to close in prayer. But uh, I'm hesitant to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Next week is historically my my least favorite weekend of the entire year because daylight savings time. Because you're going to hit that snooze button and the devil is going to try to keep you in your bed next week. But let me just remind you right now, it'll be worth coming next week. I'm going to start a new series called New Beginnings, and it's about finding a fresh start in our life. But I want you to stand to your feet right now, and I want you to pray with me, every Christian that's here. I asked the question when we began the message, why? I hope I helped you. Why is Jesus and his church the only hope for the world? Now I want to close with the question, what now? What now? And I want to suggest to you the the question, what now, is this one. What do I do now as a Christian? Well, can I suggest, friends, what we do now as Christian people is bring the truth to a confused world. That we dedicate ourselves afresh to reach people for Christ. That we tell people how to find forgiveness and transformation through Jesus Christ. You say, I don't know what to say. That's okay. Just tell them about that testimony you heard me read. Just tell them what you heard the girl say about what happened when she lost her baby. Point them in the right direction. Tell them how they can find peace, happiness in life, in Christ. And most importantly, tell them that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Bow your heads with me now, and I want you to pray a prayer right where you are, Because I would imagine that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. I want you to make some dedication to God right now. Some commitment. Help us Holy Spirit. Help us be kind and gentle yet forthright with the truth. Never let us be judgmental or bigots or anything like that don't ever let us talk down to people but let us have the courage to speak truth to people that are confused and hurting lord i want to be used by you to point someone to christ and forgiveness i want to be used by you to help someone find eternal life and lord i commit myself that when someone's hurting Maybe they're in the hospital. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe a family's lost a loved one. I'm going to call them. I'm going to visit them. I'm going to take them food. I'm going to be the hand of God extended. God bless us all right now. Slip your hands to heaven with me just a moment. and Lord, I, I just acknowledge my helplessness, and that's what uplifted hands can signify. I'm helpless to just go out and do all these things on my own. I need the Holy Spirit to help me. Pray as we go that you would do that very thing. Fill us with your grace, your goodness, and your power. Let the love of God just overflow from us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this last song and Pastor Michael close. I love you. Thank you for coming today. Amen.
2: You know, there's hope for America, there's hope for Texarkana, and it's Christ in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. We're going to have our Altar team, come up here, ministry team. They'll pray with you about anything. I really want to encourage you, before you leave, if there's any need you have, we believe there's going to be miracles happen at this altar. And I'm more than just saying that. There's that feeling in just this house that God built. We're going to start seeing miracles like never before. And also, I want to ask you one question Pastor John asked you. Are you 100% sure if you died you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not, make sure before you leave, You know, when I first heard that, I thought, man, I don't know. Am I going to go to heaven? I mean, maybe I do more good than bad. Maybe I can talk my way in. I just wasn't sure. But a guy explained something to me. It really changed my life. You know, we all have a hole in our life. It's called a God hole. You can try putting whatever you want in there, money, cars, uh, fame, whatever it is. It will never satisfy you. The only thing that will satisfy you is a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And so if you're here today... And you want to ask Christ into your life. You want to make sure you're going to heaven. He's not going to force his way in. The way I let him in when somebody was sharing this to me, I raised my hand when they asked if anybody wanted to ask Christ in their life. I raised my hand. And, you know, that gave God permission to come into my life. And I'm telling you, my life changed. I began to have a peace. I began to sense God's purpose and plan for my life. So if you're here and you want to ask Christ into your life, or if you've gotten off track, And you know you need to get back on track. I'm telling you, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day you need to get back on track. If that's you, I'm going to have you do something bold. I'm going to have you raise your hand for just a moment so we can acknowledge that. And that's what Jesus says. If you acknowledge him before man, he'll acknowledge you before his Father. So if you need to get right with God, let's see your hand, and we're going to pray with you right where you're at. Anybody else see your hand? Your hand. Anybody else? Yours there. Amen, I'm telling you. Your hand. Back there. Come on. Right there. Come on. Right there. there. Give God glory give God glory. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to make that the most important thing right now. There'll be prayer for us Christians right after that. But if you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. Heaven will rejoice when you do this. I want you to come walk up here and grab one of these people. We're going to pray us prayer together. Come on, let's give them a hand. If you raise your hand, come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on. We're proud of you. We are proud of you. We'll stop the service for this. Matter of fact, let's all say this prayer together since this is the first weekend. Altar workers, everybody down here, let's say this prayer together, but especially you that raised your hand. Let's say this together. Congregation, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to come into my life. Save me. Set me free. And help me to follow you. In Jesus' name amen now let's give the lord a hand clap amen we'll pray for anybody else but if you raised your hand if you'll make your way down to the cross when you're done altar team help them find their way down we got some uh information for you amen prayer team's open and ready to pray but as you leave if you have an offering drop it in the offering on the way by there's offering boxes there's ushers if you're a first-time guest stop by the connect room pass the coffee bar and they got a free gift for you let's worship this song again and give god glory for what he's doing